how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're modern. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone, Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. Joshua Sprague is an avid reader obsessed with mindset and productivity. In his first book, Smash, he talks about breaking through productivity barriers thanks to advice he learned from six- and seven-figure infopreneurs. We also talk about his battle-tested 30-day book writing challenge. A little about his upcoming book, Create First, Consume Second, which is about a 25-minute daily ritual that makes you richer, happier, and more creative. You can find the link in the description here, create first, consume second. Second is spelled out, spelled out.com. In this interview, Joshua talks about creating leverage to do less and make more, skiing and throwing dynamite for $12 an hour, how a mentor inspired him to write a book in just 21 days, what it means to be obsessed with offers, and some of his secrets behind building an infopreneur business. You know, I think like a lot of writers, I've been writing kind of my whole life, you know, I've enjoyed it and had, man, just a lot of, a lot of different avenues that I've explored with it. I remember being a kid and, and like writing, uh, actually a lot of like sci-fi and like fantasy type stories, um, got really into like reading nerdy freaking books when I was, you know, like fifth grade is really kind of when I remember that trigger snapping on. So I've, I've been writing for a long time. Um, you know, but I fell, I feel like I fell really in love with, with writing, uh, for, I guess, business and impact and like sharing my ideas and thoughts with people. Um, because it's kind of something that I've always consumed from other people in my own life. Anyway, I've been like an avid reader of not just fiction type things, but a lot of personal growth, personal development, spiritual development, all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of all meshed together to, to make up how I think about the world, I guess. You kind of see it as all one thing now, like would you kind of combine writing, productivity, entrepreneurship? How do you kind of think about those things? Yeah, for me, I guess I do. You know, my first book that I wrote back in 2013 uh, was on productivity, honestly, for, uh, for home-based entrepreneurs. 
And so I've always, I've always liked the idea of like, how do you, how do you do less and get more, right? How do you, um, what are the leverage things that bring, um, more of an impact or hit heavier that also give you a deeper sense of fulfillment, all those kind of things. So I think that, I guess, you know, to, uh, to answer that question, I think that productivity and writing to me are linked. Um, but I think as writers, it's also just something that we do, right. It's like, it, what's, it's what makes you feel good. It's what makes you feel, I never feel bad writing, you know, I don't know about you, but like, I've never sat down and been like, man, I just feel worse than I did before. I might think oh, my writing sucked that day or whatever it is. Uh, but I don't ever, I don't feel worse doing it ever. So is this your book smash? Um, did it just come from pure interest? Were you interviewing people? Like what is, what's kind of the origin of like that be, be your first book? Yeah. So, I mean, basically what happened was, um, I started getting into online. I used to be a ski patroller and uh, avalanche technician. And so my job was basically, uh, you know, ski around the mountain, throw dynamite and make avalanches. And it was like the most fun thing ever. Uh, got to ski hundred plus days a year, got paid to, to basically blow things up. It was amazing. You know, the problem was, is that I only made like $12 an hour and it was seasonal. So I'd have six months of work and then it'd be like six months of trying to scrape things together, which, you know, when you're only making $12 an hour for six, uh, six months a year, it's not like you're balling out or anything anyway. So <laughs> I, uh, I remember distinctly thinking, okay, like there, there has to be a different way here for me to do this. Um, and I asked myself this question, which was how do I get to ski hundred days a year? Um, but still like make a lot of money basically. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'd been writing at that time. I never stopped writing for anything, but I hadn't really connected, I guess the dots between, um, writing as something that could be a vehicle to have a business with, right. How, or, uh, be connected to my income in some way. It was just more of something that I did for fun. And, um, you know, so I, I ended up actually writing like online e-zines and stuff like that, like way back in 2010, if you remember what that was like, um, it, it's kind of embarrassing now to think about it, but it was one of those things where I got my chops just kind of like writing other stuff that was not really in my wheelhouse, if that makes sense. It wasn't like just a story I made up or some ideas that I was kind of downloading from my head. It was, it was kind of connected that way. Anyway, long story short, um, you know, there are several different businesses that I attempted. Uh, none of them were uh, successful enough to, to basically be able to help me uh, live on my own um, with them. And uh, I, I had a, a business at the time with, uh, with my ex-wife and she was kind of the face of it. And I was kind of doing all the writing and marketing and all that kind of stuff behind the scenes for it. And I just started to feel this pull, like, you know what? I want to put myself out there more. I want to be the face of this thing. Like I want my, my voice to be out there. Cause I really, really enjoy working with people and talking to people and helping people and like sharing what it is that I think about the world. And, um, so I was like, well, what's the best way to probably do this and launch this thing. And it hit me like, you should probably write a book. And so I didn't really believe in myself very much at that time. I didn't believe enough in like what I was doing. So I was like, well, let me go and interview some other people around this topic. And then I'll layer that on top of the things that I believe and see right now. And so that's kind of the origins of that book smash, um, where I basically reached out, started interviewing a bunch of these, uh, you know, different six and seven figure infopreneurs out there and compiling uh, a lot of their great ideas and then stacking those on top of things that I was already, uh, doing as well. 
And it surprised me because it just ended up being this big launching pad where I'd made all these amazing relationships with people that had a lot more clout, a lot more influence than I did. Um, but I also surprised myself because I ended up writing that book in uh, 21 days. Once I had one of my mentors uh, hold my feet to the fire, spent like nine months before that, like writing, rewriting, throwing everything away and thinking it was all, you know, BS. Um, but uh, then like when he, uh, basically I remember us going to a coffee shop and, uh, and he was like, look, dude, I wrote my first book in 30 days. If you can't get this done in 30 days, you owe me 300 bucks and, or like 250 or something like that. And to me, that was a lot of money at the time. Cause I was like, still, I, I wasn't making very much money. Right. So I was like, Holy crap. Like you want me to pay you 250 bucks. If I don't do this, I better, I better do this now. And, um, and, and that's actually how I, I figured out the process that, uh, has been, kind of the bread and butter of, of a lot of what I teach now and helping, you know, 8,000 other people go from idea to actually having written books. Do you kind of see that? Um, so there's a book came out maybe a year or two ago called the third door. And it's kind of talks about like borrowed authority. Did you see those interviews as that? Were you also writing on like Upwork, Elance, something like that? Like, how did you have the confidence to kind of go that route? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, I guess I just saw it as, okay, what is one of the most timeless ways that people have established authority? And, and again, you know, this is like pre-Instagram and all that kind of stuff, right? Or at least I wasn't on it at that time, um, 2012, like when I was looking at this. And I just thought, well, if somebody else has my audience and if somebody else has more clout, then that's probably a good way for me to collapse time um, while making relationships. I think the cool thing too about actually interviewing people for a book um, is that it's kind of the one thing where it doesn't matter how big the person is, their walls tend to go down because people just inherently value books. You know, you've got a bunch of books right behind you right now. Yeah. If you came to them and said, Hey, can I interview you for my course or for, uh, even my, my screenplay? Like sometimes it's not, it, it, it there's something specific about a book and what yeah. it means societally that we just understand that there's effort, there's work, there's value in that. And so it kind of bypasses the gatekeepers a lot of times. And I was surprised by that. Did your pitch for the book, when you pitched it in terms of like booking interviews, did it change over time or did you always kind of know where it was going? Well, it did evolve a little bit, but I think once you, you, you start to see what works, then you just do more of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I kind of came across you, um, some of the ads you're doing now, tell me about your, your decision to also start a course and how that, what kind of built up to that. Yeah. So I've been teaching people how to write books, uh, since not long after, uh, smash came out, actually, what was, uh, that was not the plan at all, by the way, that was like 0% of the plan. Like that was not what I was planning on doing at all. What ended up happening was you know, I launched that book and then several of the influencers that I had interviewed and then, uh, ended up promoting it as well. And so at the time it you know, hit number one, um, on the Amazon bestseller rankings that I was, uh, you know, in, in the, in the relevant categories for that. And so then people started reaching out and saying, Hey man, how did you write your book so fast? Like, how did you get it to be there? And then that led from one thing to the next. And then I started teaching people essentially how to do that. Um, for a long time, that was, there's been a number of iterations of that process over the years. You know, originally it was like a video course and then it became like a high ticket thing where, you know, it was like 
2,500 to $5,000. And then it became a service where I would actually uh, work with people Mm -hmm. to either coach them through the the writing process and then market their book for them or, uh, you know, premium stuff where we just straight up, I would straight up ghostwrite their books and then launch it. So that's kind of where it came from. Um, and I think that there was, uh, I'm sure a lot of freelancers can probably relate to this. There's a point though, where you get kind of tired of like trading time for dollars in a sense, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. even though you're making a lot of, or maybe you're making good income from selling a a script or a screenplay or whatever, or maybe you're making a good income from, uh, your writing, but you still have to put in the time for it. Right. And there's only so many people at that point that you can impact. And so, that's what was happening for me. It was like, man, okay. Like there's a cap here. Like I I can literally only take on so many clients. Otherwise I have to grow a big team, which I never wanted to do, you know, Mm. like back to my origin story. It's like, I wanted to ski a hundred days a year still. Like I wasn't trying to build some monstrosity that wouldn't let me ski a hundred days a year. Like that was always at the core of it. Mm -hmm. So I remember asking myself this question, okay, like how could I, um, impact not hundreds of people, but literally like thousands and thousands and thousands of people without increasing my time input. And I didn't know the answer to that at first, but I think questions like that can be really, really helpful Hmm. because then it starts making your mind find the solution, I guess. Right. So for those not familiar with your course, are there certain limitations there? I imagine it's, is it all nonfiction? Uh, The fiction is a whole different ballgame. Yeah. So, uh, for those of you guys that are not familiar with it, um, I created a program called the 30 day book writing challenge, and it's pretty self-explanatory. It's, uh, <laughs> it is designed to help take you from idea or I have too many ideas, or I don't know what my idea, my idea is to having a finished, uh, written book at the end of the 30 days that you feel happy to go to uh, the publisher, uh, or editors with, depending on, you know, how anal you are about things. Right. So it was designed specific, it was designed for nonfiction. That being said, we actually have had quite a few people use it uh, to write fiction books, hmm. uh, as well as some screenwriters go through it. Uh, it does say, take a little bit of tweaking, of course, mm-hmm. for those because they're much more story based as opposed to topic based or solution based. So, yeah. yeah. How do you kind of um, like in some of your ads, or as you think about this, like like I've heard some people say, you know books for the new business car. There's different things like that. Like how do, how do most people view a first book if they're a CEO or a business person or just had this information? Yeah. Well, I mean, books are hands down the best business card. And I do think that regardless of what's going on, regardless of what new social media comes out, it's one of those things that's been around for hundreds of years. And it's, I mean, people have been writing for forever. Right. But like, Mm -hmm. since we've had the printing press, we've had books. And since, you know, really the, uh, the industrial revolution began, like we've started to have people share their ideas through that medium and it's not going anywhere. Um, I think that the consumption, like the way it's consumed has changed. Like obviously a lot more people listen to audiobooks or podcasts, things like that. Um, but it's still one of those things where, I mean, let's say you, you go and you speak somewhere, you get invited to something or you go to a networking event or something. I mean, if somebody gives you a business card, you just throw it away. Right. Like I literally don't have one. I have not had a business card for forever. I like, what's the point. Right. But if you, if you give somebody a book, would you throw a book away if somebody gave it to you? Like regardless of what it is, you know, like that stuff that they do in Nazi Germany, you know, like we just know that's bad shit. (laughs) If I can cuss, (laughs) you know, um, 
So books are great that way. And I think that what's great about them as well, especially uh, in the nonfiction world is they really allow somebody at a low entry point to get to know your methodology or get to know you or get to know your process. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like an accelerated relationship builder too, right? Like people who buy books tend to be um, just more thoughtful people in general, like, because it's not like you're watching a you know, a TikTok video, right. Mm -hmm. And you're making a judgment about this person. You're, you're committing to, yeah. you know, hundreds of pages of, of time with this, this author. Hmm. So it's very powerful. So kind of in the beginning, you had some, you know, some good fortune. Maybe you had some mentors, you had some people you talked to that also helped you kind of share things. What are you currently doing? I know you're running ads to promote both the book and then a course you have, but are you just running ads? Do you feel obligated to write a blog and newsletter, some of those things? Yeah, I don't do anything with the blogs or newsletters. Um, I am really big on email. That's where all my communication happens. So I am a, a minimalist, I guess, by nature. So um, as I said before, I, I really am very interested in what are the things that take smaller amounts of times um, but, but swing heavier. Right. So you probably heard of the 80, 20 principle. Like mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with it, but I'm obsessed with it to like the nth degree, you know, like I, I think there's so many layers to it that aren't surfacey with it. Um, so most of the daily writing that I do happens all on my email list. And I found that that has just been one of those things that from a business perspective has been really smart and really strategic for me. Um, because I'm not worried about creating any content on, Instagram, social media, like whatever. I literally do not care. I, I stopped posting on there years ago. The only thing that I post over there is like, you know, stuff about my family or like skiing. That's it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I run my ads. But all of the communication happens directly through through my email list um, because it's one of those things that is very leveraged for me, right? It's like I can write an email. I can go out to thousands and thousands of people and I can make offers inside of that for the other ways that I can help people outside of just, you know, my writing. And so I encourage anybody, regardless of like what they are doing as a writer, whether that's fiction or nonfiction or screenwriting or whatever it may be, have an email list. You know, it is like this, especially if you're writing, like then your audience tends to like to read in some capacity, you know, mm -hmm. and um, it's one of those things where I feel like everybody is clamoring for attention over on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook. But then we have this beautiful, simple so simple vehicle called email, which has been around for decades now and is not going to go anywhere anytime soon. And it is just one of those things where I can write an email and I do usually every single morning, you know, it takes about 10 minutes to do. And, uh, I'm building, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm building that relationship with my audience every day while, uh, moving the needle on, on my business and also testing out new ideas for, you know, new work or new books I want to create stuff like that. So it's also not limited by where, you know, Facebook posts or Instagram posts is literally limited unless you, you know, pay to expand upon it. Some of those things. Yeah. And there's no censorship too, which, you know, depending on what you write about or talk about, I think is valuable right now, especially in today's day and age. So you've taken a lot of time, like based on your book and, and everything else, your thought process to just think about scalability and some of those things. Um, if somebody were starting out today and they've got Maybe, maybe they need to take your course to write their first book or maybe sell their own course. What kind of makes sense to start with? Like, is it a handful of ads? What kind of budget should they look at? Some of those things. 
Yeah, I would never recommend that anybody jump right into ads. Um, it really is one of those things where the learning curve is higher on it. You certainly mm -hmm. want to have guidance on it because you can just, you can get your, uh, your shirt taken on it pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Instead, what I would focus on um, is a couple things. One, building an email list for sure. Because once you have people on your email list and they like listening to you, then it's basically this, um, uh, this planting ground where you can play around with ideas and really see what is resonating most with people. And then mm -hmm. you can put that into the other works that you have. Uh, the other thing is to become really obsessive with um, offers. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people try to use ads too early for a book or a product or a program or something like that, that actually has not been vetted well enough. It's not good enough. Um, and I don't mean that in like a, you're not a good enough person kind of way. I mean that in like, it's not desirable enough. Mm -hmm. um, however, a really, really good offer, a really, really succinct offer that's very clear to articulate who it's for, why it's helpful for them and what is included with it will make people basically be like, Hey, shut up and take my money. You know, and that skill set, once you figure that out and then you apply that to ads, then it makes it, it work. A lot of people think ads are like, you know, hitting buttons and stuff like that. It's, it's really not that. It's like, you know, do you have a really good offer? Hmm. And can you convey that, uh, the value of that offer to the, the, uh, the target market? So I think a lot of people, if they were to sell a course like yours or write a book like yours, they might say something like, and this might would probably get blocked by Facebook anyway, but you know, here's the key to a six figure book. You chose to go more of a process route. Here's the way to finish a book. Can you, is that, I'm sure a lot of thought went into that, but what, how did you kind of think about that and, and gear it that way? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think it's more about looking at, okay, what is it that, uh, what is it that I'm really good at or what is it that is easy for me? And then how do I systemize that or processize that and, and convey that to the world? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so the self-publishing industry or the publishing industry is obviously a massive space, just kind of like the movie industry. It's a massive space. And there's so many things that within those worlds that, um, people can create their own passionate micro tribe, you know, um, like one of my friends who lives here in LA, he's, uh, he's a great writer as well. Um, but he, his background is like in sound engineering. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like a, uh, ex performing music musician basically. And so he really took the route of like, you know what, I figured out how to make great audiobooks very cheaply and do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's his angle within the, the niche, you know, mm -hmm. I realized that, uh, yes, I mean, I, I understand a lot about marketing and publishing and like leveraging your book and all that kind of stuff. And I have other programs to help with that. But for me, it was like, what am I really good at? I'm really good at writing fast and effective and getting into flow states so that, um, you know, you get the best stuff without the analytical mind kind of crushing <laughs> all of the ideas, uh, which a lot of writers I'm sure can, can resonate with. So what I would look at is, okay, what, what is, where, where are the areas like within my industry or my niche or whatever it is that I feel like a, uh, it's easy for me, right? I feel like it's easy for me to do that. And it's desired. And when you find the intersection of those two things, two things, um, then it's a really powerful thing. I also wouldn't run away from competition. You know, sometimes people come to me and they're like, oh, nobody's writing about this or nobody's talking about it. And it's kind of like, well, that's probably not a good thing, truthfully, because there's so many, there's only so many human 
um, desires and emotions and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And uh, there's tons of people that teach how to write books, right? Mm-hmm. I don't worry about them at all. Um, and the reason I don't is because I know I have a process that's absurdly effective. You know, I have so many testimonials. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I understand that like some people are going to want like somebody who's like perfectly buttoned up, you know, wears a suit and all that kind of stuff. That's not me. Like I'm a skier. This is what I do. You know, I write books, I create products, I help people. Um, I infuse like my spiritual beliefs into my writing and how I think about the world. Somebody is offended by that. They fall off and I don't worry. You know, you don't need millions of followers. Yeah. Like you don't, you need, um, you know, just a thousand or a few thousand or, or, or you know, thousands of people, not millions that are just mm-hmm. diehard about like what it is that you, you share and, and the way you think about the world and the way that you approach writing and life and all that kind of stuff. Since we've kind of circled around a lot of that stuff, what does like a, a morning routine or a writing routine look like for you? Yeah. So I'm really particular about it. Um, it's actually the topic of <laughs> my next book that I'm working on. I started writing it like three days ago. So, nice. um, yeah. And so the book is, is on a concept that I've taught my students, uh, for quite some time. And it's actually what I call create first consume second. So essentially the first thing that I do, this is exactly what I do, um, is I wake up, I have a meditation that I created for myself and, uh, I listen to that in bed, um, right before, like as soon as my body is kind of like in that, you know, alpha waves state before I'm get up and go take a pee and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm also a father of two. So like, you know, kids get up early and I like to, I like to have, have done some creative work ideally before they, they wake up. Although that's not always perfect. Just to um, pause for one second. So is that like a, kind of like an affirmation that literally it's your, you recorded your voice that you listen to? Is that what it is? Yeah, it is. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of weird. Uh, I won't no, lie, I mean, but I, I, get yeah. I get what you're saying. Though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, I made it for myself and I mean, it is actually one of those products that I do sell. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and people have found it very, very helpful, but, um, anyway, I listened to that, mm-hmm. you know, get out of bed, uh, obviously relieve myself, go immediately make coffee. And then the first thing I do is I create, right. And this is this whole idea of create first consume second. So what happens is for most of us, we reach over, grab your phone, you know, you look at your email, you look at your notifications, you look, look at your text, like whatever, basically from the moment you wake up, you have inputs that are not in your control. You have somebody else's agenda, somebody else's questions, somebody else's ideas, uh, in, in your head. Um, and I have just cut that out for the first, at least half hour of my day. Ideally it's the first hour, but at least the first half hour is, is always the goal. And so I just go and immediately start writing for me. It's one of those things where I write to my email list first, Mm -hmm. um, because it's simple. I can win. Uh, but it's also where I'm able to tap into like what it is that I, I I want to share or create for that day. Mm -hmm. So, um, this whole idea of creating first consuming second is actually very wild. How powerful it is. I've, I'm testing it out with a, a, a ton of my, uh, higher end students right now, like just mm-hmm. making them like, you have to do this every day for like the next 21 days and tell me what the results are. And it's, it's crazy how much quicker they get into flow state now and how much more confident they are, uh, how, how, how much more money they're making too. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like all these things stacked, how, how much happier they feel as well. And I think that's a big piece of it too. Is like, you know, when, whenever you scroll through Instagram, like, do you ever stop and be like, dude, I just feel so much better about my life because I did that. 
I have not met a single person who's like, I feel better because I scrolled through Instagram or Facebook, not a single one. And there's billions of us on it. Right. And we all do it. So I don't think it's realistic to think that you're going to win the whole day. Honestly, I think that's very, like you might do it for like a week or two or three or a month, but you're not going to do it for the rest of your life. But what could you do for the rest of your life? You could create something first. You could add value first. You could write, even if you don't share it, you could do that first. And even if it's like five minutes or 10 minutes, you feel way better about your life and your day. And you'll become a way better writer because you prioritize the most important thing, which is being a human being, creating stuff. Cause that's what we're designed to do. Make stuff. I'm curious, like maybe it's uh, responses to your email list or students. How many people still feel obligated to try to go the traditional route with publishing or most people kind of going self-publishing? What are your thoughts on that? You know, it's a total mix actually. Um, yeah, I have lots of students that after they write their book through the 30 day book writing challenge, they will go and they will, um, you know, find a traditional publisher and pitch it and go that route. A lot of them actually come to me because they're like, I've already got this book deal and I do not know how to do this, you know? Mm. Um, and then they go through the process and they're blown away by how streamlined it is. And then other people go, Hey, I want to self-publish it. I I'm ready to get it out there. I have more creative control, which is true. You do have more creative control, uh, when you're self-publishing, but there's other benefits obviously of, of publishing too, uh, depending on the publisher, mm. just, just like all things, there's good publishers and bad publishers. Right. So yeah, it just depends. And then we've had people too come to us who've actually tr- uh, traditionally published books already. And um, they're still not clear on how they pulled the thing off in the first place. Um, yeah, like one of my uh, good story is a gal named Rachel Biter. Um, and she had had a traditional publishing deal. And it took her like over, over a year to write that book. And, uh, you know, kind of wrestled back and forth with creative control with the publisher and then she found my challenge on an ad and she wrote it in under 30 days. And that book has made her lots of money. Um, she leveraged it to, to help grow her uh, massage consulting business and, and all this kind of stuff. And so she was like, man, I don't even know why I did the uh, traditional publishing route before when uh, it was it was more streamlined for her that way. So it, it really depends on the person. But, you know, you got to have a book done first either way. Just do one more, almost at a time. Uh, you get a lot of great advice already. Is there any other just advice you have for writers today? Or if you want to also share any more details about any upcoming projects? Yeah, I think the biggest advice would be, like I said before, create first, consume second. So prioritize writing first. Prioritize yourself uh, as a creative being and prioritize that activity over everything else. I mean, it might sound harsh, but like I prioritize that in some ways. Um, like the other day, my daughter, right? She woke up, uh, she's, she's uh, three and a half at the time of this recording. And, um, you know, she woke up while I was doing my meditation in the bed and I'm like, oh man, like I want to write first, you know? And, um, so anyway, I get up, I go in there, make the coffee and I'm like, Hey, you know, can you go, you know, go get, different clothes on or something like that. And that took her like five minutes to do. But in that five minutes, I was like, no, I'm writing. And so I wrote for that five minutes while she was in the other room changing because I still wanted to prioritize even with kids, even with all the distractions that I would at least get, you know, a couple of minutes that were for creating first. And I banged out, you know, an email and it was a really good email. Um, and people were really resonating with it and all that kind of stuff. So I would say prioritize that it is so 
like your whole life will change if you create first and consume second. And, you know, so it, the, the book is not out yet. I'm obviously in the, the process of, of writing it. Um, but if you want to know about it when it comes out, then keep it, keep in the loop with me. Um, but the, the best way to, to, um, either connect with me is, is, um, send me a message over on Instagram and then I can put you on my email list if you want, or, um, if you want to just buy the 30 day book writing challenge, it's battle tested, you know, it's been used by 8,000 students and counting at this time. So it works if you want to write a book and you'll start getting my emails that way too. Thank you for tuning in to the show. If it's your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit my new website for information on the YouTube channel, the blog, the podcast, and my new book, Ink by the Barrel, which takes advice from these 200 plus interviews and more at brockswinson.com. You'll see the link in the show notes. Thanks again.